just can't help myself. I just, when I hear an old song like that, I just have to sing a little bit of it. So just uh, give me a little bit of leadway to be able to do that, right? You'll do that. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. It, it is just a delight to see everybody here this morning. I just can't uh, stop talking about how great it is to have you here and a part of Stoneville Pentecostal Holiness Church. And many of you I have not met. I plan to meet you when you walk out the door today. So make sure I meet you. Uh, if you have to get out quickly, I understand. If you're trying to beat uh, the Baptist to the restaurant this morning, that's all right. I understand. But we are thrilled to have you here with us today and to be a part of what the Lord is doing at our church and within our church. And if you don't have a church home, we invite you to become a part of ours right here in Stoneville. Amen? Well, I just wanted to reiterate a few things. Cleanup day, I can't stop saying enough about it. And, and uh, Brother Zeb just did a fantastic job in, in touting it. Uh, but please be here. We're going to... Just have a wonderful time together. Like I said, we won't force you to do anything you don't want to do and just come for the coffee and donuts, if nothing else, right? Amen? Come on out and be a part of what's happening within our, our uh, body. And the council meeting, let me just say this, was scheduled to take place at its regular 5.30 time. Uh, thank the Lord that we are having additional things added to the schedule like choir practice. Amen? Aren't you excited about that? Amen. So with that, we're going to bump up the uh, council meeting to about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Is that all right, council members? See you at 3 o'clock instead of the regular 5.30 uh, appointed time. The Amish trip, let me just, and I know I'm repeating what's already been said, but I've got to say this. If you're going, and we'd love to have you go this morning, let me just reiterate that. If you've never been to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, we're going to tour an Amish farm. We're actually going to eat with the Amish, an Amish family on their farm. You won't, will not want to miss this opportunity. Uh, so sign up to go. We've got to have everybody that's going to sign up by 
the 28th of this month or else we'll have to make other plans. So please, 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 if you want to go, sign up on your way out and uh, we'll make plans accordingly. Also, we still are believing for more ushers to volunteer. Wasn't that a wonderful group of ushers this morning? Amen. So, if you're interested, we're taking, still taking names for volunteers for ushering. All right? Well, I think that about does it for the announcements, and now we can get to the good stuff, right? The preaching of the Word. Amen. Amen. I, I saw, I, I began to look at various things that have been written about Mother's Day and, and women in general, and, and I ran across one uh, little funny thing that I wanted to share with you this morning. A man said, I married Miss Wright. I just didn't know her first name was Always. <laughs> well, amen. On a more serious note, Theodore Roosevelt wrote, Praying mothers are America's greatest assets. Abraham Lincoln wrote, No one is poor who had a godly mother, and can all those who had and have a godly mother say amen? amen. Charles Wesley wrote, I learned more about God from my mother than from all the theologians in England. Wow, that's a lot. I cannot tell, Charles Spurgeon says, how much I owe to the prayers of my good mother. Aren't you glad for having a praying mother? And we're going to address that in just a few minutes. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, and I, I hope that you do. If not, there should be one in the pew in front of you there. And we're going to be reading from 1 Samuel, the first chapter, beginning with the second verse, going down through the 20th verse. And I'm going to do something that I normally do not do. I'm not going to make you or ask you to stand because I'm going to be reading quite a few verses here, and I'm being nice to the mothers today. Amen? We want to welcome all of those who are watching uh, online. We appreciate you joining with us, and, and I should also make mention of the fact that my mother's joining us online in Pensacola, Florida. So we just say Happy Mother's Day in Pensacola, Florida to you today. 1 Samuel, the first chapter, 2nd through the 20th verses. We're talking about Elkanah, who is the father of Samuel, and I didn't want to go through all of his pedigree in that first verse. So we'll begin with the second verse, and we begin with that woeful proclamation that he had, Elkanah had, two wives. And you can say, bless his heart, if you want to. <laughs> I don't know about you men, but it takes all I can do to, to keep my one wife happy. How about if you had two? 
He had two wives, one named Hannah and the other named Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. This man went from his city, Elkanah, went from his city year by year to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were the Lord's priests. When the day came that Elkanah sacrificed, he would give to Penina, his wife, and all her sons and daughters portions of the sacrificial meat. But to Hannah he gave a double portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had given her no children. This embarrassed and grieved Hannah, and her rival provoked her. Penina provoked her greatly to vex her because the Lord had left her childless. So it was year after year, whenever Hannah went up to the Lord's house, Penina provoked her, so she wept and did not eat. In other words, she was always picking at the other wife, Penina was, and always making a big deal over the fact that she was able to bear children and Hannah was not. So Hannah rose after they had eaten, beginning here, or going back to the 8th verse, let's start there. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you cry, and why do you not eat, and why are you grieving? Am I not more to you than ten sons? So Hannah rose, the ninth verse, after they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside a post of the temple, or tent of the Lord, and Hannah was in distress of soul, praying to the Lord and weeping bitterly. She vowed, saying, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your handmaid and earnestly remember and not forget your handmaid, but will give me a son, I will give him to the Lord all of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. He will have the Nazarite vow. And she continued praying before the Lord, and as she continued praying before the Lord, Eli noticed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. So Eli thought she was drunk. Eli said to her, how long will you be intoxicated? Put wine away from you. But Hannah answered, no, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I was pouring out my soul before the Lord. Regard not your handmaid as a wicked woman, for out of my great complaint and bitter provocation, I have been speaking. Then Eli said, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. And he said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. And they rose up in the morning early and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to the house of Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come, 
after Hannah had conceived, and she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. And then just real quickly, the 22nd verse says, But Hannah went not up the next year to the house of the Lord, to Shiloh, for he said unto her, Husband, I will not go until the child be weaned, and then I will bring him that he may be may appear before the Lord and there abide forever. The 26th verse says, and she said, she spoke to Eli when she came back to Shiloh the following year and said, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord for this child I prayed and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I ask of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord, and he worship the Lord there. Lord, we just ask for your blessings over this word, and we pray that you would honor the speaking of your word, that it would not return void, but it would accomplish all that it is sent to do this very day and we'll be careful to thank you and praise you for all that will be done in Jesus' name, amen. Hannah, the mother of Samuel, is one of the greatest mother examples, in my opinion, of all of the Bible. And I know I read my text and it was very long, but... I felt like in order for you to get this story in your heart, in your spirit, in your mind, I needed to do that. I needed to let you know the, the details of what it was that made Hannah such a special mother and so worthy for us to bring her before us today as a shining example for each of the mothers here to follow. And I believe that not only mothers can follow these important aspects that she reflected, but also the rest of us can, can take note and follow as well. As it would seem here, Hannah had suffered for years with the fact that she was unable to have children. As a Jewish woman in the Old Test in this type of Old Testament culture, she felt as though she was a complete failure to her husband, and I would say, uh, in a lot of ways, she felt like she was a complete failure to God because she was unable to have children. And after reading over all the agony, all the, the pain that she went through, I believe that there are several key practical points that the Lord wants brought out this morning about this story for each and every one of us and especially the mothers present today. Number one, even though... Hannah was overcome by grief and she was perplexed and sorrowful of spirit as the Bible tells us she was for her inability to have a son for Elkanah. 
she remained faithful in her commitment to her husband and to God. She was faithful to God and her husband no matter what. And so that's our first thing that the Lord wants us to be reminded of today. There may be mothers here that are going through a long-term trial. You may be perplexed in your soul. You may be sorrowful in your spirit over whatever it might be. I don't know what you may be facing here today, but I have good news for you. God wants you to be reminded if you will stay faithful to him or even if you have not been faithful to him, and you need to commit yourself to him today to become faithful as you commit yourself to the faithfulness of God and commit yourself to be faithful to God, all things will work out together for your good. Good news. Does that mean that everything's just going to to be rosy and, and, and I can stand before you this morning and tell you you'll never have any, any bad or negative things happen to you, I'm sorry, but if I'm going to be honest and truthful with you this morning, I can't stand up here and tell you that. But what I can tell you is if you'll commit yourself to God and be faithful to him, he will be faithful back to you and he will bring everything out to work out for your good and don't become weary and well-doing because as you faint not, he will come through for you. Amen. Secondly, Jewish tradition says that Hannah was Elkanah's first wife and no doubt that's why he loved her so much. But after they had been married for 10 years and it looked like she was going to be unable to have children, that's when he made the, the uh, I will say, mistake, and he found his second wife, Penina, who was fruitful and able to bear children for him. He, he should have just waited on the Lord, shouldn't he? He kind of got like Abraham was, and, and he had his, his moment when he decided he'd take matters into his own hands, and, and uh, but anyway, we, that's not the message here. That's not the point here. The point is, that Penina became Hannah's worst nightmare. Think about it, wives. Do we have any wives? And I, now, Lord knows I'm not trying to stir up anything this morning. <laughs> God knows I wouldn't do that. We don't have any wives in here that's jealous of their husbands. Oh, hallelujah. I'm not even looking up. <laughs> But think about it, think about it. Here, here the other woman, so to speak, is coming at Hannah, making light of the fact that she's unable to bear children and this other woman has been very fruitful and able to bear children for their husband. What a terrible, terrible adversarial relationship here that was between Hannah and and Penina. But I want to bring out the fact 
that Hannah always responded to Penina with grace or not at all. She either spoke with kindness, with love, or she knew when it was best just to keep her mouth shut. And everybody said, amen. You know, sometimes it's just better when you're dealing with people that that are coming at you and, and trying to be ugly and mean and negative towards you. It's better just to keep your mouth shut. And yet so many times, even I have found Christians, and believe it or not, right in the house of God, I have found some folks that thought it was better to speak their mind or not speak it at all. Help us, Lord. Sometimes it's best to not... How many remember what mothers taught us I hope your mother taught you this. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything nice or don't say anything at all, rather. (laughs) We need to learn in today's world, we face many adversaries. I don't know about you, but have have you ever gone to a store and and somebody's helping you and they're mean, they have a nasty attitude? Oh, yes. It doesn't, you don't have to go far for that. It's right around the corner. But how many knows that it's best not to respond with a negative outlook or a negative way, but rather with a smile, with a sweet spirit, with a, a nice, gentle, how are you, or hope you have a good day, hope you have a blessed day, hope, hope you are are able to, well, you better not say, hope you're able to recover from this bad attitude. (laughs) But just say, have a nice day. Have a blessed day. So that's the second thing the, the Lord brought to my mind in what Hannah showed was, let's deal with our adversarial relationships in a positive way. And let's, you know, you'll find out you'll feel a lot better when you're nice even to others who are not nice to you, you'll just feel better about yourself. Right? Amen. Third thing that the Lord wanted me to bring out this morning, and we'll stay here for just a a minute or two, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous believing person, or I think here we can put in quotations, mother, results in producing tremendous power. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much is how the King James Version puts it. It's dynamic in its working. When Hannah faced overwhelming circumstances and was completely distressed and sorrowful over not being able to have children, she turned to God as her only source. She sought him fervently and did not stop until she was able to receive the answer she was after. I read it. You heard it in the text that I read. And the Lord came through for her. We need mothers as well as believers 
who will be diligent seekers of God today. God is still a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We need mothers who will, will diligently seek the Lord for the salvation of their children who have not accepted the Lord as their Savior. I've heard many countless testimonies over the years over mothers who held on, and, and this is a spiritual term here, but they held on to the horns of the altar. In Old Testament times, there were, was actually horns uh, associated with the altars. And, and so the saying goes, they held on to the horns of the altar until they prayed through and they were able to get through to the Lord to save their lost children. We need that kind of motherhood praying today, praying not only for children, but praying for everything from, from the world, the condition of the world that it's in, as well as the church and the ministry of, of the saints. And, and so we need those who will still diligently seek him because it does and will produce dynamic results. As I said, many testimonies over the years about women who have prayed their children into the kingdom of God. And I would tell you, even those who have already gone to join the cloud of witnesses spoken of by the writer of Hebrews. And in Hebrews 12, 1, it talks about seeing that we're encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses do you know those are the saints that have gone before us? Do you know that you may have a mother this morning that is no longer with you, but if she was died in the faith, she is up in the cloud of witnesses looking down on us this morning, cheering us on to victory. Amen. But this is what the Lord showed me and reminded me of as I was preparing this message. How many knows the writer of, of Revelation talks about prayers being bottled up or being in a bowl, so to speak? I don't believe there is a prayer that we pray, and I want you to hear this, mothers and, and all others alike, I don't believe that there is a prayer we pray that doesn't go unnoticed, unheard, and maybe it's just waiting in an incubator in heaven waiting to come to pass. Do you hear what I'm saying? I believe that our prayers don't just fall on deaf ears or go by the wayside, but I believe that diligent prayers that we pray like Hannah prayed will be either answered immediately or maybe as the old term says, bottled up or placed in a spiritual bowl in heaven waiting to be answered. And I heard my friend Dutch Sheets, and I don't know if you, any of you have heard of him or not, but I heard about um, him or I actually read about him speaking about joining forces with 
prayers that have been prayed in yesteryear that may be in this reserved fashion and we begin to join together in agreement with those prayers to see souls saved. There are souls still waiting to be saved today that mothers and grandmothers believe God to, to work for that may be still in the works God working to make them happen, in other words. And let me just share you a, a, a story that happened, and I think I've shared this with you one other occasion, but it was a Wednesday night, and we were sitting in, in a, a, a church service, and the pastor was preaching away, and you know, Wednesday nights are normally kind of mild, and, and we don't expect the Lord to move much on Wednesday nights, right? We're surprised if he comes in, right? <laughs> Let's just be honest. So we were just sitting there, you know, after a long week or a midweek of, of, of working and, and the pastor was preaching and all of a sudden there was a shift in his delivery. There was a shift in the spirit of the entire service and there was such a heavy anointing that fell over that pastor as he was preaching the word. And so unlike normal Wednesday nights, he gave an altar call at the end of that message and a man came up and got saved. I didn't know who he was, didn't know anything about him. But we later found out that this man actually left that service and a few days later got killed in a tragic accident. But that wasn't the end of the story. His grandmother was known to be a dear saint of God and she had prayed and prayed and prayed and diligently sought God for the salvation of of this grandson for years. And she had already made her triumphant entry into heaven. God didn't forget about answering those prayers. That bottled up prayer, oh, on that Wednesday night, it was known that the Lord already knew that that young man, was a, his number was about to be called and this was going to be his last chance. But grandma's prayers were going to be answered come hell or high water. Glory to God. Glory to God. And that young man received Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior. I'm telling you, I told somebody recently uh, about an unsaved uh, uh, family member they had. I knew his mom and daddy had, has prayed many prayers for his salvation. And I told that person I was talking to, I said, I'm joining with your mom and dad's prayers for the salvation, glory to God, of this person to be saved. There's something to be said about this. Maybe we'll expound on it as, as time progresses. And then 
We hasten on. My own father in 1955 was, was, he was a pastor's son. He had ran from the Lord all of his life. He was a very smart individual. I wish I, I wish I had the, the half of the intelligence my dad has. I'd be a lot better preacher. <laughs> he pastored for over uh, 60 years and and he's watching online today, but I asked him just this past week to remind me of this story because he had been telling my mother, he had been running from the Lord, refused to get saved, and he grew up in a pastor's home, a praying mother's home, and, and he had been telling my mother, he said, I believe I'm about to come to a crossroads and I've got to make a decision for either serving the Lord or not serving him. And it was a Sunday night in the First Pentecostal Holiness Church in Jacksonville, Florida in 1955. The pastor was Carrie Forehand and, and he normally would not go to people or try to, to coach people to the altar. But that night, he went to my dad and he said, I believe that this is your opportunity to make a decision for the Lord. And back in those days, my, my dad's mom and dad were pastoring in a little place called Shady Grove out of Sneeds, Grand Ridge, Florida. Probably nobody's ever heard of that around here, but it's in, in the panhandle of North Florida. But they were pastoring over there and, and they were, I guess, calling uh, or having their own prayer altar service. And my grandmother stood up that night in that little church where my grandfather was pastoring. And she said, I don't know what it's all about, but she said, I feel definitely of God that Oren Simpson's got to be prayed for tonight. God is calling his number tonight. We've got to go and bombard heaven for, for him and his salvation. Little did either party know what was going on from 160, 70 miles away there in Jacksonville, but a mother was calling a church to prayer as my dad was making that decision to follow Christ. And he was gloriously saved and the rest is history. He's had a very fruitful ministry over the years. Prayer, diligent praying works. Nothing can substitute for it. Nothing can substitute for it. We need mothers in 2023 who will still come to God and pour out their hearts and souls on behalf of their children. Number four, Hannah fulfilled her promise to God and gave the desire of her heart, her own son Samuel, back to God as she said she would do. And that's why I finished reading those few verses there. Scholars believe that Samuel was between three and five years old when Hannah brought him to, back to Eli, the priest, and left him there to serve out his days. 
and become really a, a, not only a judge in the Old Testament and during that time frame, but he became a prophet and he became a kingmaker. Do you remember how Samuel anointed the first king of Israel, Saul? And then you remember who he anointed second? David as the second king of Israel. Do you remember who is in the lineage and the line of David? Jesus Christ himself. Wow. Little did Hannah know what was going on behind the scenes when she prayed, when she received her answer to prayer, and when she gave Samuel back to God to fulfill a lifetime of ministry for the kingdom of God. Wow, what a powerful, powerful story this is. And then fifthly, for Hannah's faithfulness and obedience, she received an El Shaddai portion, more than enough portion. She, you see, she fulfilled her promise to God. She made a vow. She made a promise. She fulfilled it. And I, I didn't mean to skip over this part, but if you're here this morning and you've made a promise to God in your past, it's never too late to fulfill that promise. If you have told God, Lord, if you'll only do this, if you'll only do that, I will do this or I will do that. I will give you this. I will do this for you. I will go here. I will go there. I will do whatever. It's never too late to fulfill the promises of God. And when you do, you will receive this last point that the Lord wanted me to share and that is that more than enough portion, that El Shaddai portion because I don't know how many of you realize this, but Hannah went on to have five more children. She had three more sons and two daughters. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? Hallelujah! Not only did she have Samuel, but because she said, I'm going to... Give back to the Lord what he has given me. The Lord said, I see your faithfulness and I'm going to reward you with an abundant, abundant offspring. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hannah represents a woman and a mother who was totally sold out and committed to God. She was completely dependent on God to meet all of her needs and she was never, ever disappointed. Never, ever sorry that she put her confidence in God who was able to be more than enough, able to do more than enough. As we get ready to come to the close of this service today, and, and I would ask that no mothers leave because we have something very special to give you, and not only that, but, but we have some other special recognitions that we want to give to the mother. So, so just, and, and wow, it's not even 12 yet. 
I did good this morning. Can you clap for the pastor? So, I believe as we prepare to close this message out this morning, I would be remiss if I didn't give an opportunity. I heard a pastor say not long ago, the Lord convicted him. He had gotten to the place that he didn't any longer give altar calls for the lost. And he said the Lord convicted him over not giving those altar calls and and when he started back giving an opportunity for the lost to be saved, guess what? People started getting saved. Amen. So stand to your feet with me this morning. Father, we thank you for this great reminder of this great mother out of the Old Testament who was and is and remains an excellent example of motherhood. Even to the point that all that she did back thousands of years ago still resonate and become applicable to our lives in 2023. And Lord, I believe that you are still working to save to the uttermost this morning. Father, I don't know. There's a lot of people here this morning that I do not know. I know nothing about, but you know all about. And Father, if there is any person under the sound of my voice this morning that has not accepted you as Lord and Savior, I want to give them an opportunity to do that this morning. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would convict their hearts Convict their souls. Convict their lives right where they are this morning and cause them to want to answer that call. We never know from one moment to the next when this may be the last opportunity that we will have to answer that call. But two testimonies that I used and illustrations I used this morning were of people who were at their last, potentially last chance to answer that call. Both answered the call and answered it well. I pray that if there be any here this morning, that it is very timely that they answer this call today, that they do it without delay. In Jesus' name we pray. And as every head is bowed, every eye is closed, if you're here this morning and you would say, Pastor Russell, I really need to accept the Lord as Savior. I really need to accept Him as Lord and Savior 
of my life. I'm a sinner. I need to be saved. And I want to be saved today. Would you just lift your hand right now? All over this building, all over this building, anybody here that would say, I need to be saved. I need to be saved. I need to answer the call this morning. I need to be saved. I need to be saved. Anybody? Anybody? All right. I'm going to give you another opportunity real quickly because I just don't want to close out this part of the service until I give you another opportunity to answer the calling and the tugging of the Holy Spirit that may be taking place at your heart right now. So I'm going to just sing one round of just as I am and if you're here this morning and you want to be saved, you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I invite you to come and let us pray with you this morning. Just as I am without one plea that thy blood was shed for me and that I bids me come to thee O Lamb of God I come I come Hallelujah Hallelujah Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Will you come this morning? It, do, it doesn't take a, an operatic pastor singing just as I am. <laughs> but only the Spirit of God to draw you. Would you come? Would you come? Would you come? I just, I can't close out this part of the service until I just come back down here and ask you to come this morning. Would you come? Would you come? Anybody? Anybody else? Amen. 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 We just pray for this request, this sincere, heartfelt request this morning. And we pray for that refresher to be granted to her in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Amen. Anyone else? Anyone else? Amen. All right. We may close this part of the service out, but I will tell you this. If you're here this morning and you need to accept the Lord as Savior, you'll not be able to get away from it until you do because we're going to be praying. 
We're going to be diligently praying. And we're going to be holding on to the horns of those altars like I talked about. And we're going to believe for your salvation. Amen. Amen. Any, anybody else needing to come this morning before we close this part of the service out? I'm available. The bulletin has my contact information. If you want to contact me at any time to discuss your salvation, I'm here to do that for you. Please, please, don't refuse the calling of God He has on your heart and life this morning. Amen. Father, we just close this part of the service out and we pray that do not let any under the sound of my voice that needs to accept you get away from this message and the tugging at their hearts this morning by the Holy Spirit's power calling them to yourself. And I pray and I declare for their salvation in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.